Today's episode is sponsored and engineered by Daniel Adama Productions. Daniel Adama is available for anything music production, audio recording, video production, band group picks, live concert picks. He's got a PA available for doing small shows. He's got in-ear monitoring systems and everything you need for a great production. He designed my podcast setup and I love it. And he could build you a podcast system too. Daniel Adama takes enormous pride in his work and he's got a passion for great music production. Contact Daniel and get your video made, get your band pictures done, and take your stage production to the next level. Message Daniel Adama on Facebook Messenger or message him on Instagram at Daniel78336. Don't wait, it's time to create. Contact Daniel Adama Productions today and tell him that Tony Gomez sent you. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. On today's episode, I'm interviewing singer and guitarist Jimmy Smithwick of the Really Roddens and Dead Man's Hand. Jimmy and I have jammed in the Harbor City All-Stars for the past three Twisted Christmas Spectaculars, and I've always admired Jimmy for his musicianship and his hard rockin' style. I remember hearing the Really Roddens on C11's Local Licks back in the day on Sunday nights and uh, trying to catch my own band's integrity being played on there too. And I always enjoyed watching him tear it up at the shows. And you know what? If you need some work done on your guitar, you need to go to Jimmy Smithwick's Guitar Repair. He's been fixing guitars for our South Texas players for years. I've got four rocking tracks from Jimmy on this episode. So let's get started with the first one from the Really Rottens. This song's called Body of Queen. Yeah, here come the cops living in a dream. 
Hell yeah, here's another one from Jimmy. Here's a cover of Johnny Cash's Ring of Fire, sung in Spanish. I love this track. Check it out. got one more track from you from the really rodden's this is a great song this one's called forget about you
What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Tony Gomez Show. I want to introduce everybody to my interview for today. This is Jimmy Smithwick from the Really Rodden's and also from our, our band that we joined together, that we had together, the Harbor City All-Stars. How's it going, Jimmy? It's going great. How are you today? Oh, man. Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Uh, still limping from a little leg injury that I had a couple weeks ago, but hey, I'm, I'm chilling, and uh, it's a beautiful day outside, and uh, who knows, after... Awesome. Uh, we get out get out of this interview. Maybe I can just uh, muster up the the uh, energy to go cut the grass. It's been a it's been a, a long two weeks of injury, and I kind of want to get back to my norm. You know what I mean? Yeah, same here. I need to cut my front yard bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I haven't had a chance to really do much with with uh, this uh, <clears throat> torn handspring that I did uh, on a race uh, on New Year's Eve. But uh, the mm-hmm. things we do for love, that was my anniversary, and I wanted to do it out there with my wife, and uh, so be it. You know, uh, it makes me no, think happy of a, anniversary. Thank you, brother. <laughs> it makes me think of a saying that uh, 
a friend of mine told me that I used to work with uh, Roger Cadron over at the Landry Seafood uh, house over there on the T-Head. And he told me, you know what, Tony? No good deed goes unpunished. And I was like, damn, man, yeah, it, it sucks because I like to do I like to do right and, and do good shit. But it seems like, you know what, sometimes you end up getting the short end of the stick sometimes. And uh, but, you know, when it comes to that, hey, I don't want to change who I am. And, you know, if that's the way the ball rolls, then uh, so be it. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> killer, you know, killer. you know, you know, it mean you, Jimmy, we've. We've had the pleasure of jamming together in the Harbor City All-Stars since like 2019 already. And uh, before mm -hmm. that, whenever I'd see you, you always bring on a, a very energetic set of music whenever I see you jam. And I love your hard rocking you. style, bro. And so what Thank got you. you influenced to, what got you turned on to rock and roll? Oh, man. Well, believe it or not, what turned me on to music was uh, my uncle uh, was in a, Tejano band. Uh, I grew up around Tejano. He was in a band called Los Fabulosos Cuatro out of Alice, Texas. Okay. And so I was around music uh, growing up. Uh, we'd always help him, you know, go to the dances, help him load up. And he uh, <clears throat> he was the drummer for like Laura Canales and uh, Alberto Gallegos and Carlos Guzman, like all the Tejano legends, right? So yeah, I'm familiar with all those names. Music, yeah. Seeing all the lights and seeing everybody play since I was a kid, I was very turned on to that, you know. Yeah. And uh, he was a great family man too. Uh, he's he's he passed away over twenty years ago, but he was. I, I always admired that style. I guess that's why I never moved away to California or Austin because I wanted to rock and I wanted to be close to my family. Blessing yeah. and a curse, I guess, because, uh, you know, I still have big dreams in my head. But uh, and then my stepfather, um, he came around and actually had a guitar, gave me a guitar when I was about nine years old and, uh, you know, slipped the needle in the groove to records. And that was it. That was it. Yeah. Well, you know, speaking of records, dude, um, what was maybe a couple of those? What were the artists? Do you remember some of those first vinyls you jammed to? I do. I, I still have uh, I still have them framed in my dining room downstairs. It was yeah, actually, uh, well, it was a lot of the Beatles. I don't have any of the Beatles, but it was uh, uh, Chuck Berry's Greatest Hits. Yeah. It was the Ramones Rock and Roll High School. Never mind the bollocks uh, from uh, Sex Pistols. Yeah, the Doors and the best of Black Sabbath. Wow, man, I love all so that those. That was acts. what I listened. Talk about forming <laughs> that's you what right I there. To. Yeah, that's yeah. those are all listen to on heavy legendary. heavy rotation. Yes. Yeah, heavy Big rotation. Time. Godly, I love all of those artists, and and I could see how they could uh, uh, keep you fired up and want you, uh, you know, getting you into to rock and. And uh, did you say Zep? Zep in the mix in there? No, or no we Zep. I didn't listen to. No, I didn't listen to Zep uh, when I was young. Uh, I listened to a lot of ELO, uh, a lot of Quicksilver, Messenger, Messenger uh, Service. Uh, he was a huge Iron Butterfly fan as well. So yeah, killer. All right. Well, who influenced you to get yeah. on the guitar? Well. Um, he did. He t he he influenced yeah. me to play the guitar, and then, uh, man, around that time, everybody and I'm from Kingsville. I grew up in Kingsville, Texas, and uh, man, it just seemed like 
everybody started buying a guitar from JC Penny or uh, from the local <laughs> local guitar shop, the Music Man or Getch Music. Yeah. And then, you know, you, you go to school and everybody's like, I got a guitar. I got one too, you know. Yeah. And, uh, well, let's start a band. Right. Seven guitar players. Let's do it. <laughs> yes, right. But, uh, you know, speaking of, uh, do you play any other instruments besides, you know, the, the six stringer? Yes, uh, I play the bass. Uh, I, that's what I really started out on uh, when I started getting into bands. They're like, yeah, you play bass. And I was like, all right, I'll be Gene Simmons. You know, that's how everybody yeah. started out, is being a, being a KISS member. Yes. Um, but <laughs> uh, as far as professionally, the only time I play bass is with uh, Anchor Babies when they need me to fill in. Killer. <clears throat> yeah, love love Henry Flores and the Anchor Babies, man. Hell yeah. Mike Lee out oh, there. Yeah. Yes. Oh, man. Great, great times, man, Ryan. Right there. Well, you know what? I was thinking, you know, I was jamming to... Uh, your jams on your your uh, your Spotify channel, and I came across a song on the Rock and Roll Royalty release that you put out, I think 2013, and it's a song called mm -hmm. Devil's Son. And I was curious mm -hmm. who, who jams the piano at the beginning of that one. That's Saul Padron. No shit! Wow. Yeah. So uh, what happened was we were at Sound Machine Studio recording that, and uh, Saul's a very good piano player. And he just started playing something. And the, the piano is out of tune. It's really out of tune. And uh, Mason had just uh, put it in there because he was going to get it worked on. Anyway, we're, we're messing around. And I was like, that sounds creepy as hell. Let's record the chords to Devil's Son in front. You know, so it's all yeah. like broken, you know. And uh, <laughs> so it was just one of those things. <laughs> Very cool. Very. I like the story behind that. That's awesome, man. Hell yeah. So, you know, uh, what was the first concert you went to, brother? You being from Kingsville, was it? did you have to come to Corpus? I had to come to Corpus. And, and back days, was a that was a different time. You know, yeah, I would come stay with uh, an aunt here or an yeah. uncle, and they would just drop you off at the Coliseum <laughs> at 2 o'clock, right? Yeah, that's and, right. Uh, we stand in line. Like 15 yeah, with 15 bucks. I, and I have to say, the lines were almost funner than the concerts back then. Wasn't you know, it right? Meeting the people. Yeah, yeah dude. Meeting the people and uh, watching people on the Bayfront. I mean, Corpus was so different back then. But um, my first concert, um, <clears throat> I, I got to look at the dates. I, it's been a long time, but it's either... The Jets and Stacy Q with uh, two of my girl cousins. I came to visit, and they're like, "Hey, we're going to a concert." Or it was Bon Jovi and Cinderella. It's okay. Right one of those two. Time, wow, was, man, killer! <laughs> the Jets. I remember them. <laughs> yes, I remember them. Yeah. yeah. Well, back, you know, those are the days of Z ninety five out here. Uh, of course, C one hundred one. It's been here forever as well. And and, uh, and Kite one hundred five was popular too. That yeah. was. Kite, I remember that. No shit. That's yeah, right. they put a they put a lot of concerts on too. Yeah, well, also uh, besides the Memorial Coliseum, rocking back then uh, at, at the start of you know the music scene around here. Well, as concert scene, you know, as far as I remember, uh, was also the Ritz. Remember the Ritz? Oh right, yes. I never saw a concert at the Ritz. Why is that? Just. I don't know. I shit. I guess I moved to Corpus too soon, or didn't really 
Yeah. N- nobody in Kingsville knew uh, about it. You know, everything was just the Coliseum or yeah. um, the Stardust. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Or uh, or the or the Yellow Rose. Yeah. Damn, man. I'm starting to feel old here, Jimmy. Son of a gun. Yeah, because I'm, I'm shit. When I think of the Ritz, I you know I think of the Wasp and Metallica show. Uh, that was Ride the Lightning and, and Wasp's first one. And then I seen here's here's one I had to ask you about because I saw you post a flyer, dude. And I had to double check the the location, and it says the Sunken Gardens. And you said, man, I remember. I think you and some other bros uh, drove up to go see Anthrax Metal Church and DRI. Right? Yes. Dude, that was yes. an awesome. I, I get to see it here. Why'd you have to? Oh, well, you being from Kingsville, you made the trip to, to SA. Well, yeah, what happened was um, my buddy, um, Jeff Elizondo, who's, uh, whose brother's a, a, a dentist now, and we talk about stuff all the time. He was going to dental school. And Jeff said, right. "Hey, I'm going down to I'm going down to stay with my brother. Um, you want to go go hang for the the week? I guess we were up there about five days. Yeah. So when we were up there, his brother said, "Hey, uh, there's a concert going on, Anthrax Metal Church and DRI. And uh, he wasn't that much older. Uh, he's kind of the one who turned us on to a lot of uh, rock and roll back when we were younger. But um, yeah." Uh, and he lived at some apartments and he says, and they're having a signing at a record store right by my apartment. Yes. And we're like, hell yeah. So record uh, bar. two days later we got up. Yeah. We got up, we got up and sent it. We got up and walked around the corner and we got to meet, uh, Anthrax and metal church and then go to the concert later that night. It was killer. That was killer. Dude. Joey Belladonna, Joey Belladonna got on the rafters with his, with his, uh, you know, his head dressing. Yeah, on. that's was, right. The headdressing oh, Indians. Awesome. Yes, dude. Oh, dude. That was one. Con- that right. was one of my favorite. That was in my top ten right there of, of all time favorite shows. Was, was was catching that that bill and that lineup was just uh, legendary right then. That's when uh, a lot yeah. was happening in in the music scene and DRI was doing the crossover thing from doing uh, uh their you know um, you know punk style you know fast skate skate punk style aggressiveness that they're blending more into a metal band uh with the crossover mm-hmm. release and then metal church was was coming out with their second release anthrax is coming on strong with among the living i was like uh mm. concert of the year concert of the year so when i saw that i was like yeah. oh dude i gotta definitely bring that up because that's that was that that's one for the for the for the uh that's that's a yeah. legendary show big time yeah, um, among the living is probably one of those albums that I don't listen to a lot. But if it came on, I could probably sing every word. It's yeah. one that you listen from, you know, from, every song. To last, skip yeah. nothing. Yeah, yes, yeah, dude. Yeah, that's definitely one of those jams right there. Well, what was the last concert you had a chance to see? Anything recently? Oh man. <laughs> I don't, I don't remember. Been a little bit. I don't remember. <laughs> it's been a little bit. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Yeah. What would be your dream concert? Oh man. You know, that's funny. I think I've seen a lot of my dream concerts. You know, I've seen uh social distortion. Uh, yeah. I've seen cheap trick. I, I, I got yes. to see cheap, cheap trick here in the front. Um, you know, I've seen Rancid, I don't know how many times. So, um, 
I think I've seen a Dangerous Toys, which is like my all-time favorite band. I've seen, I don't know, 12 times or yeah. so. Yeah, Dangerous Toys. I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, Have you had a chance to play with those guys before? Have you shared the stage? You know, here, here's the funny part. Um, me and Jason are very good friends. Awesome. And uh, I've never – I've played with Godzilla Motor Company. I've played with Broken Teeth but never with dangerous toys. And, and the okay. funny thing is the first, the first time I met Jason, um, we met in, um, in 1990 and, um, my buddy, Victor Smith, who I was starting dead man's hand with said, Hey, I know Jason. We went to high school and I was like, dude, that dude's my idol. And he goes, yeah, let me call his dad and get his number. So he called his dad, got his number, and said, "Hey, my buddy, my buddy wants to meet you. Uh, we jam in a band, and they had just gotten off, I guess, the first leg of their big tour because you know, they got signed in '89, I guess. Yeah. So it was the end of the tour, and uh, so man, I had it was either pay my electricity bill or pay for <laughs> gas to go meet Jason McMaster. I lived yeah. at a, at Beach Beach Tree Apartments over there on Weber. And yeah. uh, so we jumped in my Toyota van and we cruised up to Austin a couple of days after and went to his apartment and I was starstruck. That was really the first time I was starstruck. And uh, wow. he's like, yeah, these are the pants from the scared video. And this is the cowboy awesome. hat this, and this is, no, man, I was just like, and he was the coolest dude ever. So uh, I think I posted recently some, some stuff that he had given me that day. And you know how they say, uh, never meet your idols. Well, he he's the exception to the rule, you know? Yeah. Oh, that is super but, cool. Uh, <laughs> what a great story. Yeah, you know, and, and I love to hear that, man, because, you know, uh, it, it disappoints me when I hear about uh, when you meet your idols in, in the in the it's a dream crusher, you know, they're an asshole or yeah. they, they give you the shaft or they don't want to, you know, they don't have the time of day for you. And hey, we all know that, you know, these guys are busy. But when you get that moment, man, I tell you, uh, me as a fan, it, it sticks with you forever. It really does. Yeah. Right? And yeah. it makes you a, a fan I'm, for life. Yeah. The only person that's ever been uh, to where I was <laughs> pretty disappointed was uh, Sebastian Bach. We got to really? play with Sebastian Bach. Yeah. yeah. And, um, man, he was, everybody told, said not to approach him. That's okay. the first rule. Don't approach him. Okay. <laughs> I can respect that. So I was backstage with a band called Santa Cruz and, um, uh, they were smoking a joint and drinking some Jack Daniels and we were talking Yeah, and they were, they were killer. I don't know if you've heard them, but they're killer. And, uh, well, in the middle of the set, Sebastian Bach comes out, I guess, to get some fresh air because uh, I'd seen enough, I guess. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh -huh. and uh, he came out and he was right there. And uh, I reached out my hand and he was just like not having it. And Damn. Uh, he's like, give me some of that joint. So, uh, so Saul passes him <laughs> uh, some of the joint. And yeah. then he, I mean, he just didn't want to talk to anybody. I yeah. know he was in his thing, but. Eh, you know, I, I get it. Yeah, man. Yeah. Golly. Um, was that happened to be the last time he was in town or even, even further back? Yeah, it was, it was, no, it was, uh, it was the last time he was in town. Okay. I yeah. remember that over there at the house of rock. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was a lot of years ago. Yeah. I know what you mean. That's right. Damn. man. <laughs> it, it almost feels like yesterday, right? 
Well, let me let me yeah, ask you. You know, uh, mean you've been in, been in the scene here for you know decades, and it's uh, I'm proud to say that we have. What was your first band? Mm-hmm. What so I joined. Uh, I joined a band called Drudger at the time, which was David Hawkins, Victor Smith. Joey Perez, not the bass player Joey Perez, the drummer Joey Perez. Okay. And uh H- Henry Flores. Uh I, I met Victor Smith at yeah, I met Victor Smith at uh Walden Books looking for uh vocal exercise books and he's like, Oh, you sing? And I said, I I want to. <laughs> and he's like, Well, come join come over and uh learn these five songs and come jam with us. And we jammed on uh, Eleanor Street off of Agnes at some uh some bus uh garages where they fix buses yeah they were renting one for a hundred bucks a month it was huge and um badass so i, I was just fr- i was just fresh from kingsville right i was like fucking hey dude i'm i found Perfect. a band you know yeah so the the five songs were falling in love by scorpions uh green man alishi wow priest Wasted from Def Leppard. Hell yeah. Um, actually, one was Teasing Pleasing from Dangerous Toys. Great. And I can't, I can't remember the fifth one. I think it was another priest one. And, um, I had, so I went in my closet with my little PA system, put on headphones, and I tried to mimic everything and showed up and, got the job as they say and uh yeah <laughs> so we did we did a couple of uh, uh you know uh pra- practice room parties and then um everything was cool people didn't want i i really wanted to start getting into playing a lot and do the rock and roll stuff yeah and, get active uh, some people so, yeah some people uh chose drugs and uh, just, you know, I guess, uh, didn't have a lot of self-confidence or something. And that's when I switched to, uh, dead man's hand. Well, uh, let me come back a little bit. I met a person named Reynolds champion. I've only had Reynolds champion. I've only heard the name and I've only heard great things about him as a vocalist. And, uh, yes. And what was the band he was? Yeah. Accelerate King Beowulf. King Purple Bay. Mushroom. Yeah, Mushroom yeah. as well with the Cadrons. All right. Okay, yeah, keep going. Yeah. yeah, man, I like this. So um, he, we played a show, and uh, he saw us play, and uh, he, he says, I want you all to get better. And yeah. he was very flamboyant. He was like a Mexican David Lee Roth. So, yeah. excuse me, this dude was like in sequence tights with a hairy chest and uh he was he was a very odd looking character but he exhumed rock and roll especially to me because i was meeting somebody who didn't give a shit for the first time except for entertaining people yes right yeah and uh, he would bring out these uh half naked chicks would bring out a a big boa constrictor and put it over him and (laughs) oh yeah yeah, yeah I mean, and he could sing he was the first guy that could that i knew that could scream you know oh second guy there was a guy in kingsville but uh this guy had it all right Damn. and uh and i just looked up to him and he would always yeah. say well I'll, I'll put you on this show but i need more from you you know 
and I was go tell the guys we need to do more. And some would say, okay. And some were like, are you sure? Are you sure? So I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to change the name of the band. I'm going to change the image of the band and try and be more like dangerous toys. You know, that was the, yeah. the model back then for me. Cool. And, uh, write songs about partying and strippers. And, uh, you know, I was, it's rock 17. All right. Yeah. So I was about 17. Um, so yeah, we just went full guns and roses, sleaze, you know, everything yeah. sleazy. We were ingesting it. <laughs> That's cool. And you were still just doing so vocals, was, right? I was just doing vocals, yeah. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. And how long did that last? And well tell me, I know Henry Flores was in there. He was in there. And, right, uh, right. And who else were the members of Dead Man's Hand? Um well, there was a few over the years, but when we really got serious, it was uh, it was still Dave Hawkins uh, for a while on bass. Then we got a uh, Ronnie Ronnie Gibbs um, on drums and Darwin Lambeth on uh, on guitar. They were from the Bluff, uh, Ronnie and Darwin. All right. Um, Darwin also played with Accelerate with um, with Reynolds. With Reynolds. Okay. So he. Reynolds gave him his blessing. You know, it's so funny. Right. I got to say this. Like uh, when when I was looking for a guitar player, Reynolds was like the Facebook of Corpus. So you go to his <laughs> house. He lived, a, he lived at, a, I think they're called Gaslight Apartments on Castoris. Yeah. And um, so you'd go to his house. He'd knock on the door. And there was always something freaky going on. But you'd say, <laughs> hey, hey, uh, hey, Reynolds, we're looking for a guitar player. And he'd say, come in. And he had this black book and he'd open it up and he'd yeah. go, nah, nah. Oh, you know, this guy is good. Call him. Tell him I said, you know, so he'd give you the wow. on the back of his on the back of his business card, which uh, he uh, he ran uh, male and female strippers. <laughs> Right. Okay. So that was his yeah. job. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, Corpus was a different time back That's then. That's right. Yeah. So, <laughs> so anyway, you'd call the guy and you'd say, hey, Reynolds gave me your number. And he'd say, oh, okay. Well, yeah, let's jam. So yeah, um, yeah we did a lot of cool shit. We did a lot of cool shit back then. Damn, man. Dead Man Town. I remember that name. Um, I know you guys played Zeros many times, right? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. And we we were just many on times. We were just on different two different lanes, you know. When I was at that time, I was think I was doing like uh, maybe integrity, integrity. Yeah, so you know we're playing the, the yeah. heavy death metal stuff. But I was always good friends with 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 Henry and and uh, I, I remember meeting Henry standing in line to you know for a concert you know what i mean and, and that, like you said right. that was almost just as fun as the being at the concert because you get there and spend like six or eight hours and you meet everybody that's there for the same reason and before you know it you're yeah. like oh yeah man this song and, oh i love this and hey i've met this guy before and then you start going down this rabbit hole of all these other bands that everybody starts turning you into uh turn you on to and yeah man i just uh always great memories uh, of Henry and and he's such a grinder like us yeah. you know what I mean he just uh he's he, and I love his style of rock and uh you know mm-hmm. I, I I know why uh, why Benjamin uh, Celine is kind of runs in that same circle because he's he's another rocker man that just he throws it down in oh, the yeah. same vein man 
and and I yeah, love that. I love Ben. And I, you know, like yeah. I love that sleaze rock. I love what Dangerous Toys yeah. was doing. Um, I was a a big time '80s kid, you know, listening to Rad and Twisted Sister and Wasp and uh, and everything that was out there at the time. And I wanted to hear everything. Some bands were my favorite, and some yeah. bands I didn't hear quite so much. But uh, uh, Dangerous Toys was one you of know, those sharp bands that that was one of my favorites. Right. You know, one one other person that I I really looked up to and became fast friends with because him and Henry Flores were friends that really did everything well. Uh, so there was, you know, Jason after Reynolds kind of passed away. Um, Rest in peace, Alex Reynolds. Dominguez. Alex. Yeah. Yes. Our brother, Alex. Alex yeah. had it. He had it going on. That guy. I mean, just well, anybody. I, I, I only knew him very well but like you know being making records right. making tapes being on wild, wild metal blades or wild rag records yeah, you know man. uh that was just something that i admired and then um one of the guys that played in in y'all's scene like the heavy scene came and played with dead man's hand for a while um uh david um Serda. david said uh, okay do you, I know that name. Um, I'm trying to think of who he played with around yeah. at the same time. He played with Annihilator. He played with oh, Annihilator shit. for a little bit. Okay. Yeah. yeah but I think, right. I think he changed his last name to something else. But um, okay. anyway, so it was, that was a, that was a cool time. That was in the, in the yeah. later years. So going back to the first question, the final, final dead man's hand uh, when it was really full force in the, right before it broke up, before grunge hit the scene was Ooh, okay. uh, possum uh steve garcia yeah possum shout uh, out to possum yeah um we had two drummers mark reese and uh and tk crawford they were right in that little era of course henry Steve. flores still yeah and uh james james griffiths on bass from uh aranza's past oh, so man. that's how it ended there damn man and tk as well you know uh I love TK. Me, I, I just saw him just the other day, and uh, another fellow grinder playing drums still with uh, with Donald Ledesma and the guys in COD. You know, shout out to those guys. Um, yeah, but what a blessing that we're still out here grinding, man. I tell you, it's it's. Uh, I'm grateful at this point in my life. I'm just very grateful, you know, of, of what have we been able to uh, to enjoy and and uh, and the bright future that I still know is is ahead for us. It's it's still mm -hmm. so exciting. So from Dead yeah, Man's I Hand, what what came after that? How do we get to the beginning of the Really Rottens? So uh, after Dead Man's Hand, um, I kind of got sick of Corpus because there was just, I was never into drugs. Um, everybody was getting hooked on drugs. Yeah, man. Uh, I, 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 I like, this was like 90, 93, 94. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I actually ran, I was the manager at, uh, at EJ's, which turned EJ's. into backdrafts. Yeah. Y'all had great Custor, shows there. So yeah. And that's where, I mean, uh, man, looking back at some of the videotapes that I have the con, oh, it was just such a fun time. It looks like whenever they show the cat house or the whiskey, a go-go back in those days, it was the same shit. Yes. I mean, we were having fun. We were taking advantage of 
yeah. of what people were putting out in front of us. But anyway, yes. back to the hey, we were in our twenties, man. That's how it, that's how we rolled. Yeah, man, shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was awesome, dude. Yes, I, I started kind of taking those video cassettes and uh, digitizing them, yeah. and when I'm watching them back, I'm like nobody can ever see this. <laughs> right? They're going to stay classified. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Exactly. That's right. Boom, classified. Yep. <laughs> Shit. Uh, good times, man. So you, you're no, doing man, that, man. all right, over at the EJ's Dam. Yeah. Right. So around that time, stuff, guarded, stuff started getting crazy. Um, a lot of my friends were getting on drugs. I couldn't keep up with that. So uh, I retreated. I retreated to um, to Alice, Texas, where I was born. I went and lived on a ranch with my cousins, and right. I really wanted to really wanted to get grounded. It was like the true uh, pure country George Strait story, right? Yeah, <laughs> I was just okay. sick of sick of uh, drugs, sick of booze, sick of nudity, and 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 just the decadence that I was just. Uh, I was it. seeing people die, you know, just, uh, it was too much for yeah. me. So, uh, I, I moved back to Alice and man, just, it was great. Um, kind of took what I knew over there to my cousins who, this is the cousins to the, their sons to the uncle who was in the Tejano band. Right. Great. Okay. So, uh, they're like, Hey, if my dad's not playing, let's set up the equipment in the casita and uh, let's jam. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So uh, uh, another cousin from San Diego was really into social distortion and uh, um, just really anything with three chords. We were just having okay. a lot of fun. Yeah. And, and I, knew, I knew of social distortion too. And I loved punk rock by then. I just... Uh, didn't know how to make that change. Well, that was it. So, uh, my cousin was a drummer, the one that I lived with. Yeah. My other cousin was a good guitar player and I played bass and, uh, we had nothing to do, but drink natural light (laughs) and jam. Yeah. And we, we learned a hundred songs. We were just like, let's learn all these Ramon songs. Let's learn, all these social unwritten law, just Blink-182, like everything we, that was coming out punk, we were in the casita wow. and we were woodshedding. And uh, yeah. so what was big in Alice at the time was um, um, mini truck or lowrider um, shows. Yeah. So we, we started – we started playing that. Then we were playing ranch parties that would get rowdy. I mean, it was uh, it was like a scene from La Bamba when you're like, uh, <laughs> you're gonna play rock and roll to these shit kickers. Right now. It was like we were we were playing we were playing punk rock to these people yeah. who you know it was insane. And then we moved to the circuit in Kingsville, the college circuit. And awesome. uh, by then, I had got in a bass player, Rico Sanchez from San Diego. And I moved over to guitar, and we were called the Love Handles at the time. All right, and uh, yeah, so we did a couple of years doing that, and then uh, then people grew up. Another, it was like a another cycle. Okay. I wanted to do more. I yeah. wanted to do more and take it to other heights, and 
some people were like, hey, man, I got a job and uh, I want to, I don't know if I can do this. And so I had to detach from that. And then that's when the really rottens were created with uh, James okay. Griffiths, who was originally in uh, Dead Man's Hand. And then I had met uh, Henry uh, Aguilar uh, there in, in, in Keensville. So that was the birth of the really rottens about 1995. All right. And Henry was drummer. Henry was the drummer. Yeah. So we were a three piece, uh, to begin with. Yeah. Wow, man. All right. And, uh, so did it feel pretty, was the, uh, adjustment to, uh, singing and guitar, um, something that kind of came easy for you because I had to wear those shoes for a little while in my band's integrity and uh, my guitar player mm. just showed me how to play and I, I picked it up and I enjoyed it for a while, <laughs> but I'm I much rather have just uh, just been on the mic. So when it ended up being a, a Ray yeah. from Los Music <laughs> that took my spot on guitar and uh, I was more than happy to give it to him mm. because I was like, shit, this, this, it, it was hard. It took a lot of work. <laughs> How was it for you to kind of to make that yeah. uh, that come together, uh, singing and guitar playing? Well, <clears throat> it, it was an adjustment, and um, I made I still make it as easy as possible for myself when Great. I wanted to uh, when I wanted to get into more production value in the music i hired a lead guitar player and uh, it's okay. been that way since i've had i've had i don't know about 20 of them in the career of the really rotten <laughs> but uh that's uh, that's only because my dream would just be behind to be behind the mic only yeah um uh but just playing the three or four chords uh, is is okay um i don't I'm not a lead player. I'm not a virtuoso. Um, I use the guitar as a tool to write songs. Yeah. I don't, I don't jam. People call me up, Hey, come and jam this song. I don't do that. I don't know how to do that. I really, I mean, here's like the, the, the cat out of the bag. I only know how to play my songs and that's all I ever wanted to do. Great. You know? Yeah. So, uh, so if I need instrumentation, we, you know, I hire somebody or somebody comes in to do that, or we figure out a way to make it work within there. Um, Good. But that, you know, yeah. Yeah, hey, that's cool. And, and yes, it, it wasn't, a, to answer your question, it was an adjustment and uh, I adjusted pretty well. Pretty yeah, well. you adjusted. Hey, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you, you got to work upon your, your strengths and 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 make things easier for yourself you know it's just like a singer you know i can't hit tons of high notes maybe at the beginning of a rehearsal or is is the best time for me to do those kind of things but as a rehearsal goes on i'm not going to be sounding strong or be able to hit those same kind of notes so i gotta you yeah. know maybe tune down maybe maybe the guitar yeah. might have to go down a key or something yeah well and, and let, let me say you're you're a great vocalist by the way I mean, uh, I, I, I'd, I'd seen you a couple of times, but working with you, yeah. um, I admire you because you have, I, I, I don't, uh, so when I saw you, when I see you conduct our practices for the, uh, you know, the Harbor city all-stars, I, I love it because you don't waste any minute that you have doing what you love. And that's the one thing 
that pisses me off about some of these musicians is like, okay, so you you got this heavy ass equipment, you put it up on stage, uh, you know, you spent all your money on on this equipment, and you're gonna stand up here, and they gave you 45 minutes to do you, and that's it. You're gonna stand there, and you're gonna dress like a slob. You know, you're not. I mean, I'm I'm totally into the entertainment value, so yeah. I don't have any pity on people that don't give a shit about playing music and use it as a a money grab, yeah, or just some something to do. So forgive me. I hope nobody hates me after <laughs> this interview, but. I don't I, care. I dig it, man. And that's in, that's sincerity, and that that comes from from someone that's that's been in it and been in the grind and and done it for so long, and and puts heart and passion into in, into into what you do. And uh, yeah, man, I, I've seen that same kind of a that same kind of behavior, you know, uh, uh, from uh, other artists, musicians out there and stuff. And and uh, at the end of the day, um, I. I I, I stay in my lane and and just uh, trying to encourage uh, right. my, my peers and 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 just keep right. them fired up and do whatever I can to yeah. uh, to keep it going. And when we get together for the Harbor City All Stars, I I always feel so much pressure that I've got all this talent around me and everybody's got so much of their own thing going on that I've got to take advantage of these two hours that I've got of their time. And uh, you know as well as as any other band members know that getting four guys in a room together at one time can be a real bitch. Oh. And it, you know you would think it'd be simple and everybody wants to do it, but yeah, yeah. sometimes you know work gets in the way, life gets in the way, and uh, and we just got to be flexible with with uh, with life yeah. and our and our, and our yeah. Life. And that that says a that says a lot about the way you conduct things and the way these musicians feel about giving back because yes i it's it is hard it's hard getting another dude to come over and learn some <laughs> stuff with me much less yeah. 14 dudes and right. three sessions in one day or two days so it, i i do I, I have a whole new respect and added respect for everybody that gives to the yeah to the uh, tony's twisted christmas because uh i mean I don't know. I just, I just love it. We all had a good time. I tell you, yeah. And and then doing the show, and then of course, uh, you know, the food bank is my favorite um, charity to do stuff for. And um, awesome. which reminds me, I guess after the, after the interview, I do want to talk to you about something. Remind me to to add to okay. uh, the charity. But yeah, I, I just, I just, I just love it all. <clears throat> All right, awesome. Well, you know, out of the history of, of you writing so much music, and I know you've, you've been a, a songwriter for so many years, Jimmy, is there maybe a particular song or maybe a couple of songs that you're really proud of? Yeah, um, one we recorded recently a couple of years ago with uh, Brian at Harbor City Sound Lab, uh, You Saved My Soul Rock and Roll. Yes, that's it's the jam, probably, man. Uh, yeah, that's a I great think, uh, and uh and I'll tell you a little story about that song is uh it was another time that I was just fed up with everybody and their shit. Uh, I, I had the I actually had one of the best band lineups I'd had in a long time, but um 
I don't know. I guess it's just me. You know, I was just not seeing any progression. It was the same set list all the time. Ah, yeah. why do we need to practice? Uh, we already know those songs. And, and uh, I, get, I don't like that. Um, so I told everybody to fuck off, basically, and just kind of <laughs> went into, uh, I, I, like, I just kind of wanted to be by myself. And uh, that song came out. So yeah. that is uh, the guy from uh, the guy from uh, King's X, the singer. Yes, I can't think of his name uh, right now. Doug Pinnock. Yeah, Doug Pinnock. Yes, uh, on on um, that metal show one time, they asked him how he writes songs, and he said, uh, "Well, in your twenties, when your teens and twenties, you write about what you want to do." Yeah. party i want to travel in your 30s into your 40s you you write about what you're doing and then after that you write about what you did yeah and wow that's and very insightful that's, yeah that song was summing up everything you know it talks about just me falling in love with music and yeah. and meeting meeting every obstacle Yes. And and you just, you know, going through it with persevering perseverance and uh and because it was that was my calling. Yeah. You know, uh my parent my parents were divorced. Um I didn't have a horrible childhood, but I was very confused because I lived in a town where, you know, everything was like ranching and um, you know, everybody grew up to be a teacher or own a, a small business. And I wanted to rock and roll. I wanted to yeah. wear makeup and grow my hair long. And I had my, my yes. mom pierced my ears when I was uh, in the fourth grade. And you know, <laughs> I was called a, I was called a queer. I was called a faggot. I got my ass kicked. And uh, but I loved rock and roll. That's right. Shit, yeah. You know. Yeah, man. So uh, that that's why Corpus seemed like such a mecca to me, because right. uh, when I would come hang with my cousins, everybody was gothed out, and uh, yeah. they were they were exactly who the hell they wanted to be. And I was like, you know what? So I, I'm actually a runaway. I, I <laughs> just had enough with Kingsville, and I found a way out, and I ran away. I lived on the streets here in Corpus, and uh, shit. Yeah, I just wanted I just wanted to rock, man. You know, I mowed lawns with my dad and partied at night and slept wherever they'd let me. But but yeah. it was all for the love of rock and roll, man. I'm telling you, and that's a, that's an anthem. That song, man. I, yeah, I love all the lyrics for it. Uh, it's so well done, and it, it it freaking jams. And what about the artwork? I saw the artwork on that. Who did that? Um, it's a it's a it's like pieces. I'm, I'm good at Photoshop. I'm yeah, not good at Cause it looks like it's like a so tattoo, right? Yeah. So it's just kind of some stuff that I got off the internet and put together. Very cool. Um, for that artwork. Yeah. Very well done. That very sharp. I like that. Very sharp. And, and that's Thanks. a jam. Thanks. That's a jam. Um, you, so you've been pretty busy with the singles, you know, uh, right then I, I saw like, uh, I guess maybe 2019, 20, you were dropping some singles and you even did a, uh, a really good, um, a really badass version of of, of T Tiffany's song too. Um, I oh. think we're alone now. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Hey, man, right. that's cool." Hey, I've always liked that jam. It's always it, it's it's it, 
I know all the words to it. You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah. And, and going through listening to that uh, last night, I was going, oh, yeah, it's a freaking bad jam. And I've heard it before. I want to say that, um, uh, maybe you've had it on maybe like one of our local licks or, or one of our local channels out here. Because I know back in the day, we went possibly, uh, right? Um, when we still had, I'm not sure. So the, t- the, go ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, um, they would play local licks at C101. Yeah. Um, they yeah, showed you all love. Rock and roll came. Yeah, yeah. They would play us a lot. They played a, a song uh, called uh, My True North, which is um, um, on that same album, Rock and Roll Royalty. They would play that one a lot and radio. Yeah. Um, but going back to the going back to the Tiffany song, it's <clears throat> I'm a huge Tommy James and the Shondells fan. So okay. he actually he, he was the original, original artist. He actually did he actually did that one. He did Money Money, um, Crystal Blue Persuasion, Dragging the Line, and uh Cr- Crimson and Clover. Those, those are, are bangers. Yeah, those are hits. I know. I yes. know. <laughs> no wonder it was like, so, hey, so uh, you paying homage and, and and you know uh, uh, a tribute to him and 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 a song that everybody's very familiar with. Man, I like your version of that. That's really that's that's a badass. Yeah, version. good job. That was a. I think that was a COVID version. That was uh, me and Saul. Saul Padron is the guitar player on that, and then okay. uh, everything else is is. Um, produced here um easy drummer and where and then go. I, I play the yeah the bass and guitars badass yeah and do you have a new release that you're working on i thought i saw you posting that you were laying down some bass tracks yeah i have a couple of things in the works i haven't really been uh real happy with uh with the direction that my mind's going right now i <laughs> i've I, I'm very nostalgic. I, I, I'm one of those guys like, uh, <clears throat> like, uh, Alex Dominguez, we talked about him earlier was I have like as many flyers and I have all the recordings on tape and every video in the cl- My whole closet is just the history of everything I've done. Yes. And, uh, I'm trying to get out of doing that. I've, I've even considered changing the name to the band um, just to kind of break away into a 50 year old's mindset without losing touch of where I've come from. Interesting. But yes. I, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a, uh, I don't want to be a 50 year old punk rocker. Um, I want to, I just want to be a, a, a musician. Yeah. Um, not that I hate punk rock. I love it. But I think, I think when uh, the genres are put on you, you kind of feel like you have to be a certain way and and well i understand the way punk yeah. rock kind of punk rock kind of allowed me not to do that for so long but punk rock wasn't what it is now when i did it when i first right. heard of punk rock i was with a bunch of friends in robstown texas and they were listening to uh Operation Ivy Wendy O Williams and the Plasmatics and they were in a little casita drinking and moshing and yeah and then all of a sudden they'd be listening to social distortion or pinhead gunpowder and i was like what is this <laughs> and they're like it's punk rock it's whatever you want it to be yeah. and i was like well that fits my lifestyle i like the way it's put you know? that way it's whatever you now want it's it a to little be. yeah yeah 
I really do. Yeah. That. So now, now it's a little different. Yeah. You know, uh, it, you know, my first band was a punk band as well. Aggravated assault back in the day. And that's when I first got started. Oh, yeah. I was, I was a drummer and, uh, and I love playing drums. I went to, I went to Del Mar and I studied drums for, for a couple of years and oh, I really loved it. But the flavor I was getting into right then in the nineties, uh, my first years of, of, of college was, was like, heavy music heavier music that's when a lot of death yeah. metal was coming out and i couldn't play drums like that i i could play i could keep a beat of course but i couldn't keep a, a double bass pattern going like all these guys do nowadays without even you know without even trying and so i need oh, to yeah, find another way to, to keep myself in the mix and that ended up being vocals <laughs> and uh luckily for me i just out of heart and soul i'm you know i'm not a, a <clears throat> a great singer, but I just, I just do the best I can. I just do the very best I can and make the best of my talents and try yeah. and, and uh, <clears throat> stick to my strengths and, and not, not, and, you know, I'm no Bruce Dickinson, so I'm not going to be signing up to, you know, uh, in, in my, <laughs> in my cover bands, I'm not the one to bring up any Iron Maiden band, any Iron Maiden songs at all. <laughs> and I feel bad about it because Iron Maiden is one of my favorite bands, <clears throat> but I'm more of the Paul Diano, you know, the first three years, first three albums than I am the Bruce Dickinson, but, but I, right. uh, I love those Dickinson. I would love to be able to sing Wasted Years. And I told my guys, hey, we'll do it. And I'm just going to, like anything else I do, it's like, hey, I'm going to put my best foot forward and, and work my ass off. And the harder I work and the longer I work at it, hey, it's, it's going to come out pretty cool. And so. Uh, right. And that's, an, that's another true sign of professionalism is knowing your limits and doing the best with what you've got. Right. Yeah. That's, right. That's all we can do. That's right, yeah. bro. And, uh, you know, thinking about all the different guitar players that, that you've had the pleasure of being able to uh, experience and influence and listen to, listen to since you've gotten into guitar playing, give me three of your favorite guitar players. Who do you like to... I can give, I can give, give them to you real quick. All right. <laughs> Tell me. Richie, Richie Sambora, C.C. DeVille, yeah. and Warren Martini. Wow, dude. I, hey, each and, one of those guys kicks ass. I love them all. And I'll tell you why is because even at a young age, before uh, the YouTube science of music came out <laughs> and said, this makes a great song, yeah. is uh, you sang the, every one of those solos like they were lyrics to the song. The phrasing to those three guys, um, they, I mean, I'm sure there's more, but those are my top three. Yeah. Love them. Love those guys. Have you seen yeah. them all play live? You've been able to catch them? I have. Nice. I've seen I've seen Bon Jovi twice. I've seen Poison. Uh I've seen CC DeVille once. And uh I've seen Warren D. Martini a couple of times. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And, yeah. and very fabulous. Very uh you know, being able to see our you know, our idols like that and, and, and kicking ass just keeps uh keeps our fire burning and, and, and makes us yeah. you know just even that much more bought in to everything we're doing and everything that we have a passion for right there. So also you got to tell me, I know you're an entrepreneur. Tell me about Smith, Smithwick's guitar shop, guitar repair. Should I say? Yeah. Um, when did you get started? <laughs> when did you get started? I, I, you know, uh, I've had I my guys tell me they've taken their guitars too, and you always do them great. Um, so uh, how long have you been doing it? Uh, on my own, I've been doing it since about uh, 2014. 
2014. Um, that, when I retreated back, uh, going back to the beginning, uh, when I retreated back to uh, Alice to be in the love handles, I found myself uh, in Kingsville. Um, now, in between, I would still work with Phil Salazar and uh, and uh, Ro- Robert Alanis. I was doing sound. That was my yeah. job. I would still come back to Corpus. But uh, I met a girl in Kingsville. And uh, so I spent a lot of time there. We got married. That was my second second marriage. Um, <clears throat> and um, that that didn't work out. So when that didn't work out, <laughs> okay. I moved – I moved to back to Corpus. I stayed with David Hawkins and I called old Robert Arswaga at Sound Vibes and I said, uh, I need a job. Yeah. And he said, well, we're hiring. This was 2002. <laughs> and uh, so I was there for about 10 years. Wow. And uh, I hated I hated selling. I'm not a salesman. I hated yeah, making I get it. people try and buy shit they don't need for money i know <laughs> that they don't have yeah and uh but i i i so i kind of just put myself into uh learning how to repair guitars yeah well after cool. about nine and a half years there i went to guitar morgue for a little bit with ben montes and he was yeah. kind enough to Shout let me work on stuff there yeah i opened a i opened a little shop for a very short time before Barrett hired me at Guitar Center, uh, which I loved Great. everybody I worked with, Barrett. but I hated working there. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm sorry, I'm just being honest, but no, uh, it's all good. Uh, Hell only yeah. because it was a it was a re, you know it was a retail establishment in a in a in a place where um, you had to work like in a shop environment. Okay. So yeah. I was very constricted. I learned, I knew, I already knew how to do that. You know, it's like, uh, it's like somebody who specializes in transmissions, having to do oil changes all day. It was boring. You know? Yeah. So I get it. I, I left and I started my own shop and, uh, it's been going great. It's been going great. You know, that is super cool. It's yeah, I work on some of the coolest guitars, and uh, yeah. and I work on on some of the coolest people's instruments, and yes. uh, and and it inspired me to uh, you know start. Um, I, I I listen to the coolest stories in the world. Man, share I mean, share one or two with me. I know we talked about that, and, and I really thought that was awesome because I know when you're in, in your trade, you just come in contact with with all these amazing musicians, and uh, I I know when they yeah. when they get get around you, you, you start talking shop. So uh, yeah, is, well, a, a lot, a lot the of the, of a lot of yeah, um, well, some of the most interesting stuff is is not always music related, right? You sure, know, a lot of it are, are a lot of them are. Uh, like uh, when I talk to the war veterans that come in and uh, they found, they found peace through music and, uh, and oh, playing guitar. Yeah. And uh, while I'm fixing their guitar, they're talking about something that I will never understand being in a war, being in the front lines, being in a submarine, being in a, on a, on a carrier jet about to get attacked on, you know, Holy it's shit. insane. It, right. it gives me chills just talking about it, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I, I, that's when I feel good about what I do, you know, for someone like that. And then there's the people that, um, uh, 
that you would never guess had a, a career in playing with different people and uh, just yeah. because they're real humble, you know? Right. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's just, and the, or, you know, and the, the other thing is uh, taking care of someone's guitars who 15 years ago, I sold them their first guitar. That's you know awesome. I mean? Yeah. Seeing that jer- yeah. Seeing that <laughs> journey, like uh, locally here, Ben, you know, I, I've known Ben Salinas since he was a, a kid. I mean, he still is a kid to me, but, you know, when he was like a real kid. Is that right? Uh, oh, wow. Shane, yeah. Shayna Sands, a local artist here. I mean, she was just but a young girl when she would come in and get her SG strung up, you know, and yeah. now she's a prolific songwriter. Uh, Justin Ortiz, you know, he was a kid when I first met. I mean, this is great. It's just great. Yeah, man. Oh, I love it when it comes full circle like that. That is super cool. <coughs> I saw on your site that you also do some writing for Partners in Crime. I don't think I've asked about that before. What is that, Partners in Crime? Um, Partners in Crime is a, kind of a collective of me and my uh, buddy Derek Burgess. We wanted to get into writing a script. Uh, he's a writer. And I've been a writer before. I uh, I work with uh, Department 13 Films here in Corpus Christi. We we started out in Alice. Uh, we started. My buddy Gilbert Aguide went to film school, and he's he's really great. He has Department 13 out there on Port and Broadway, and um, we've done music videos. We started out doing a couple of videos for Abraham Quintanilla. Uh, we wow. we have a we have a movie that we. Uh, <laughs> Produ- produced ourselves uh, way back in the day with some really cool players uh, that are doing stuff in the music industry now. Um, we did uh, music videos. He's done music videos for La Conquista, for AB, for, I, I don't know, just a lot of film work. But uh, the second part to that is I come from Alice, Texas, and uh, – I'm going to make this one short. My great grandfather was involved in um, Lyndon B. Johnson becoming into the Senate uh, through voter fraud back in the day, ballot box 13. It's a huge story that happened in Alice, Texas. And uh, you can look it up. It's in every one of Lyndon B. Johnson's biographies. Wow. I've always wanted to kind of, you know, write about that. So coming to your question, I got with uh, Derek and I said, Hey, uh, I want to write an episodic show of, of a young guy who is a, um, who's a lawman. And he comes, he comes to, he comes back to Alice, but he's got to live with the stigma of what happened back with his great grandfather. And uh, so that's how that all came about. So we wrote the pilot episode. We registered it. People have been reading it, you know. Um, and then we're going to start writing the second episode here in a in a couple of weeks. He's also my Ooh. bass player, so we can only get enough of so much of each other. It's like, what do you want to do? You want to write or you want to do band stuff? Because we can't do both. Yeah. <laughs> what are we going to focus on this time around, right? Golly. You know, Derek's right, an right. awesome bass player, dude. He is awesome, man. 
Uh, is he playing with uh, yeah. Seattle Rising now? That's yeah. He plays with Seattle Rising. I thought I'd yeah. seen his picture. Yeah, uh, he, not yeah. too many. He not too many. Them, uh, I guess guys out there looking like myself out there in the scene. You know what I mean? So <laughs> <laughs> when I see Derek, I was like, "Yes, all right, hell yeah!" And I remember uh, we we shared the stage over there, at Boozers. You know, uh, last Christmas, and we did a little Toys for Tots uh, benefit together with the really Rodgers right. and Headbangers Pit and Cat House. And uh, I remember seeing you guys said. And, and it Chica's was Rock, right? Yeah. Yeah, man. It yeah. was a good one. Yeah. That was a great show. That was a great yeah. time, man. Golly. So Derek was in a band. Uh, Derek was in a band back in the day called Clobber Bomb. Uh, I think 90s. 90s. I, I met Derek back at Sound Vibes. He'd come in. You know, could I put a sticker up? Yeah. Could I put a flyer up? Yeah. You know, but uh, <laughs> yeah. up until I guess uh, five years ago now, he's been in the band. Um, yeah. I was having bass auditions, bass player auditions, and he showed up and we became fast friends. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool guy. Shout out to Derek. Keep rocking, man. So, yeah. Also, oh, yeah. the other thing you got going on is your podcast. What's the name of the podcast? Are you still working well, on that? Well, to tell you the truth, still working on that. I move. I, I have, as you can tell, I have a lot of things going. You do. On. You have a Jack lot. Of all That's trades, exciting. Yeah. <laughs> hey, well, you have such a big heart and and a big passion for music, and that's why you 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 got you know you repair going on. You got your music going on. Uh, you got the podcasting going on. You got the the writing for Partners in Crime, and that's what's so awesome about. Um, your history and what's got you there is, is because all this yeah. is built up to where we are now. And, and now you've got so many things that you, that you want to uh, accomplish and get done. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I, I know how it is about the podcasting, man. I just, I, I talked about it for about a good year before I, I finally jumped off the cliff and got busy with the gear I had. And it was all about me not, just being scared of the unknown because I was like, man, I'm, I barely know how to, you know, work my way around it in a, in a, in a recording studio to, to figure out how do I got to record tracks. But now I'm thinking, damn, I'm going to do this thing on my own. And, um, luckily there's a, there's a little app called anchor that got me going that, that really just took the, the worries and the, uh, the concern out of it. And it made it so user-friendly that one thing led to another. And now I'm hooked up with Daniel Dahman. He's got, got me the full professional setup but podcasting is something that i've really really enjoyed i've really loved and and since i got it you know eventually i want to get to getting all of our harbor city all-stars on the show because each one of you guys has 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 got a great past and and are are grinders man and are lovers of music and 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 great great human beings and and that's why you know when it came to getting you guys together you know back in 2019 you know shit i could have called anybody but i want to call people that i want to play with that i haven't had a chance to play with that i feel we have that in common that we love music yeah. that we love this kind of music or we can even adjust to it for the time being because we want to we want to help out the community and do what we can for for our neighbors and uh, and and make the best of being in the Christmas spirit, and uh, it's yeah. it's it's been a, a hell of a ride, and, and that's why uh, I wanted to get you in here today and, and talk about the other things that, that you've got going on, and 
Yeah. I've seen that you've already got some, you, you've interviewed some big shots already. I've seen some names there going through your Facebook and, and how you spent some time and talking to some, to some, uh, some legends here in the scene. And, uh, you know, when it comes to, uh, to getting the podcast, if there's anything I can do to help, you know, I'm only a phone call away. Uh, if I need to go over I there, appreciate that. Yeah. I'm, I, I want to help. I, I'm still very novice at this, but, but I, I want us to be able to grow because I think this is something that, uh, that you would put on some great shows. You've got a great history. You've, you've, you've been there, you've lived it. And, uh, when, and, and other guys that, that are in their, in their teens and 16, 17, 18, haven't gotten to their twenties yet, but know they want to have a life like me and you have had where we're just, mm -hmm. I've always been involved in music, have always been playing, have always wanted to, uh, get out there and be on stage. It makes us happy. It yeah. makes us feel fulfilled. And yeah. Good. And, uh, my, my, uh, my, my goal, my goal, I think is to start. Well, I, I think you and I both have laid a lot of bricks, right? Yeah. But, um, I, I, I really want to see Corpus. Um, I don't know if I want to see it grow into a place that I don't want to live anymore, but I'd like for everybody to utilize, to learn how to utilize everything there, there is to, to you know to be gotten right yes i like and, where you're uh, going with this take it yes yeah uh, so when when i do things the hardest part for me is when i do things i i you know i have the devil and angel and on my shoulders and it's like uh am i gonna do this good right i i, I don't i don't want the haters hating and i don't want the people that support me to be disappointed but um, it's only because I don't want anybody to be discouraged by wanting to try anything. That's why when I go on yeah. stage, I mean, there's a lot of factors uh, <clears throat> before I go on stage that people don't know about. But when I hit the stage, I turn all that shit off. Right. Yeah. You know, I got to turn off the day. I got to turn off. I have a, a, I have, I have a horrible uh, stage fright. You know what I mean? Horrible. And I got to turn that off because this is what I signed up for. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, so putting, putting the podcast together, it has been a little challenge because I want it to be good and not in a vain kind of way, but just so that when somebody like I did, when I, when I first going full circle, when I saw Jason McMaster in, in, in the magazines, hit parader magazines, and I still have the pictures and I found out he was from Corpus it made it that much more possible. It yes. made it that much more possible. I'm like, he's from Corpus? Yes. That means I can do that shit too. Absolutely. And that was it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I feel the same way. Um, my moment were just similar to yours where you saw Jason was me seeing Dave Brinkman, the singer from Anchor Watt, was like, mm. I was hanging out at the park with my friends. We were playing baseball. Next thing you know, I see at one of the corner homes, a big, tall, white guy with a, you look like a mohawk. And I'm like, what the hell? It looks like the singer from Anchor Watt. And my, my, my other friend was like, dude, that was a singer. Are you serious? He lives there? Well, it looks like it. Well, let's go knock at his door. And then, you know, meeting him and him being just a, such a great, sincere, you know, individual and, and, and great guy, man. I just uh, um, said, you know what? I could do this too. Because in our eyes, he was already a rock star. We were going to shows and seeing him do his thing. So, uh, you know, I had that moment right there. And that made me a believer. Made me a believer that I can yeah. do this shit too. 
Hell yeah. And that's, yeah. Danny, Danny Loner and uh, Danny Loner and Adam Grossman used to come to Dead Man's Hand shows. And I was yeah. like, I mean, I knew they had they had records out, man. You right. Know, they were like, these guys are coming to jail. Good show. Yeah, a good show, man. I'd be like, holy shit, man. They're they're here. They were at Zeros one time, and they went and saw me at the Stardust one time as well when I played with uh, Hellstar. Yeah. And, uh, Adam Grossman, yeah, he's a cool dude. Danny Loner, too. Yeah, very cool. Very cool, guys, yes. So I felt like we were getting ready to go to a part where we're going to be talking about this great event that I know you're helping Casey Lane put together and it's going to be the coastal bend music industry symposium and i'm really proud and and happy that that we're going to have something like this so awesome available for all of us musicians tell me more about that jimmy okay so the symposium is a way for people to come in and really grasp and ask all the questions they have on how to register a song uh, how to copyright a song. Uh, they're, they're throwing on some other panels on marketing, like yes. what venues are looking for uh, to book bands because the common questions of the guy in a band, you know, you, you got all this other shit to deal with, with like uh, what kind of strings am I going to use on my guitar? What, you know, yeah. what are we going to jam? Well, there's more to it than that. And uh, sometimes it's not so easy when you're trying to decipher forms to fill out or websites to go to and um i've been lucky enough to be a part of bmi um almost 20 years and i take advantage this is what i was saying before i take advantage of uh every time i play my original stuff in a venue i register i go on a app now i used to have to do it manually and uh, i get royalties you know for playing in a licensed venue that plays that pays that licensing fee you know, just like anybody would, Bon Jovi or Bruce Springsteen, I get royalties. And uh, I pass it on to some musicians, and so has uh, uh, Matt Martinez. And um, we thought, hey, then Casey was like, well, I pay this fee, and so do all these other bars, and we're sending it away. We're sending it out of Corpus Christi. Yeah. We need to educate our, our songwriters, our producers – uh, anybody who's published something to learn how to get this money. And at least when these, you know, friends of ours who own bars are paying these $4,000 a year licensing fees that they know that it's going to people they know. I love that. That is super cool. That's really, you know, keeping it, uh, keeping it local and really living it and, and, right. and, and, and showing us, uh, showing us our artists how to do it. You know, it's one thing to make the music, but it's it's a business and of course in the long run uh all of us artists musicians would love to be able to make uh music as a as a way of life and a, and to be able to support our lifestyle where we didn't have to do like right. a, a regular day job you know and uh these right. are the ways and, that uh, you can look closer to that right and um so and I, I won't get too into it because i'll you know i'll leave it for the symposium but people sure. that are wondering about the symposium so uh in with bmi you know there's an artist royalty and there's a publishing royalty and uh it's just great ways to grow too um i i had a i got to work for the cult one time and i had a conversation yes. 
with Ian Asbury. I'm not uh, name drop. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's the man right he, there. He, yeah, we we were we were eating before the show. Yeah, and he said, uh, "Do you do you agree that rock and roll is dead?" And I said, "Oh no, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I'm not in the business. I just I'm local, right?" And he said, uh, "Hip hop is the new rock and roll because they." Jay-Z has 50 artists right now signed and he sets them out there, but he owns a piece of everything that they've got. And rock and rollers don't really do that. Um, let's say you and me wanted to write a song together. Um, I could pay you a studio fee for 50 to a hundred or 200 bucks. Or I could say, Hey, I'll cut you in on 20 points on the back end." And this is where that comes in. Okay. You know, it's, it, it's trading points. Yeah. Uh, you're like, yeah, just cut me in on 20 points. And I go, okay. So when I fill out my form, I go in the artist 100, cause there's publishing 100 and artist 100. I'm cutting Tony Gomez into 20% of yes. this 100. It doesn't mean that you can, you have any licensing to the song. You can't make any decisions, but if this song gets put on a movie or a video game, because of your efforts, you get you get that, and that's how you grow. That's how you grow. That's how you grow uh, yeah. songwriting. That's amazing, yeah. man. I love it. And you know, that's that's a lot of talk that that I don't hear in my circles. It it's always a hey, what songs we learning or or a hey, what songs we're gonna we're gonna practice. We got a new show coming up. That's a usual talk that comes up between band members. Um, but then there's there's a. There's also those other those other bands that are taking it to the next level, and I got a shout out to my guys like like uh, Joe and Mark uh, from the from the Harvard City All Stars that that make it make it reality in Southern Revival. Uh, they're signed, mm -hmm. uh, I believe it's Kings Records. Uh, they got a new album that just came out. These guys are going to Austin, yeah. going to Valley, San Antonio. A new video, new video, and they're really hustling. They're really making it happen. So yeah. this is a perfect kind of symposium for all of these guys to figure out or not to figure out, but to make sure that now that they've got all this hustle going on and got all this activity that this getting them registered and BMI, getting them tied in is, is going to get a good return. And guys like, like Casey can be like, Hey, I, I don't feel so bad about sending four grand off every year when I know that that guys like really Rodden's or, you know, uh, or, or of course Southern revival or other newer bands around here are, or take getting a little bit of that back because you know, like you say, that's right. You're sending it out someplace else, and us artists don't know how to how to uh, take advantage of that kind of opportunity that's out there. But we gotta we gotta grind. We gotta do the legwork and yeah. and do our side of it to be able to get kind of any kind of consequence out of that. But it's worth it, and uh, it's what takes us to the next level, and it would, it's what keeps you growing. And I'm excited about right. it. I, yeah, I write. I write, uh, I've been writing with some, uh, Tejano artists and, uh, you know, one of the things is when we come to that point about sharing, uh, points, yeah. it, the, the form is, uh, it, it, sometimes it can seem complicated to some people. I mean, it's still complicated to me when I'm going on there. I'm just like, Oh man, I forgot about this. I haven't done it. But, uh, yeah. when you're first registering, um, it can be a little daunting, you know, especially to somebody who's not in those circles. And I saw this a lot last year. 
I I still have about five songs that I co-wrote with some friends of mine in the Tejano industry, and they're sitting there because one of them one of them uh, hasn't signed up for uh, BMI yet because he doesn't he's afraid of the form. I don't know. And I was like, no, it, it needs to be easier. Yeah, you know, it, it needs to be easier for the layman, the guy who just wants to. And uh, so we decided to educate. Uh, Casey was doing a uh, commercial that I was uh, working on at Department 13. And I told him the idea. And he said, you know, I've had the same idea. And here we are, you know, almost a year later. We're, yeah, we're doing it. Thank goodness. And, you know, uh, for you guys that haven't had a chance to register or sign up, you can go to to Jimmy uh, Jimmy Smithwick's uh, Facebook page, to my Facebook page, we both posted about it. Uh, look down our uh, look down our feed, and just click on the link. It's a real simple way to to sign up and get registered. Um, I'll be there. Jimmy will be there. A lot of our friends it's are going to be there. It's free. You're just registering. And it's the, free. The tickets free. Yeah, and uh, the w one more thing I want to add is that uh, it's just not me and Casey. It's also uh, the visit CC. And what it, it kind of coincides with Visit CC wanting to uh, make it a music friendly city so that awesome. uh, they can put more efforts into stuff that's happened musically. I mean, yeah. as you know, because we're, we've been Corpus Christians for a long time. I mean, we've lost Bayfest, we've lost Sea Sculptures. Yeah. Everything has just been things we would look forward to. And, and not to get into a rant, but since I have a platform, I'm going to jump yeah. on a soapbox. You know, everybody, everybody treats like bands and music like it's the last thing on the list. I, and I and my challenge to all those people: have an event with no music. Right. Have anything with no music. You can't even barely have a funeral without music these days. But Great point. I, I think it's time that. Yeah, I think that we really should stand up and educate ourselves with this symposium and be smart when we're going into these business ventures and make this as lucrative as L.A. or Austin or New York City. I mean, I've been here yeah. a long time. I've seen nothing, nothing but talent. But in that same talent, I've just seen um to put it lightly just a little bit of ignorance and you know that doesn't mean dumb it just means not educated right and uh i think that if you feel like you don't know everything you need to go to the symposium and, and get close that's right because it could only help you and everybody that you work with yeah absolutely you know uh education is the key to your freedom right there and so the more you can educate yourself right. about your music and about your craft right there, you can maximize your potential and capitalize on all the work and the products that, that, that you slave over. And, uh, it's, it, I, right. it's all justified. It's all justified. And I just feel like, uh, exactly. All of, all of us artists, uh, it doesn't matter what kind of music you do, please sign up and come to the symposium. There's something for everybody. Um, I don't know anybody in, in this town that feels like they know everything. So <laughs> when it comes to music, so please get over here and join us and let, let's make this a, a hopefully yes, a yearly please. event. And, you know, like you said, we're in, this is a conjunction with visit CC. Wouldn't it be great if music was such a huge part of getting recognized 
by the corpus uh, tourist scene that maybe we could get our own you know yearly festival back maybe uh, maybe not it's not going to be bay fest or maybe it's not going to be called sea sculptures but maybe it's going to be something special out there on the beach again during spring break or maybe something that they're yeah. going to close off a part of downtown to open up a couple of stages where you're going to have you know uh, live bands and then you know other things going on as well um yeah and, and bringing it you know but, national lags local lags merge them all together you know uh, our, all of our Texas bands from Texas is a country of all of our own. And if we just utilize yeah. everybody that we just got here, we could make Corpus Christi rock just as much as, as Austin, you know, San Antonio and Houston. But, uh, yeah, I think it, I think it's, uh, that much responsibility of the bands out there as it, as it is to the promoters. But yeah, if you're in a band and you're, and you're watching this be the, best that you can be do the best you can be yeah. uh you know i i see raw talent uh, every day at work when i when people come in undiscovered people just people uh you know coming out of their shell or not knowing how to come out of their shell so yeah. it's important for people like like uh you and myself to lead by example to get up on that stage and tear a fucking hole in it every time we play and then people like Casey and the Visit CC to educate our musicians and, uh, you know, open those pathways and not make yeah. it so intimidating to be an artist in this town. That's right. Great, great advice right there. Make it approachable. Uh, you know, uh, being a, a young musician growing up in this town, it was the moments where I came in contact with veteran musicians and how encouraging they were and how um, supportive that they were that kept me, you know, hungry and kept me like, Hey, this is where I need to be. And this is, this is my home mm -hmm. and, uh, kept me fired up this whole time. And, uh, that's going to be yeah. a great event. I can't wait. So February 16th, Thursday night, uh, house of rock, of course, uh, make sure you go on to either, you know, my Facebook page or Jimmy's Facebook page, go to the link or go to the house of rock Facebook page and check out that link and get yourself registered. So I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be awesome. Jimmy, the Thank next you. thing I want to get to is going to be uh, something in regards to um, a post that I saw on your on your uh, Facebook page, and it was an awesome beginner violin that was designed in the vein of Eddie Van Halen's classic uh, Kramer. Oh. <laughs> Who did that design, man? That's awesome. Did you do that? No, no. So my buddy Ron awesome. Parker. Uh, yeah, my buddy Ron Parker, who plays in a band, uh, Hollow Point, out of Houston. And he runs Iron Cross uh, windshield uh, glass here. Um, he's got just this knack wow. for. Uh, uh, he's got an eye for detail, right? Yeah. And uh, he he cre he creates like if uh, he'll find a body, a strap body at a pawn shop, he'll he'll paint it exactly, and then we'll we'll order <laughs> some stuff and I'll. I'll but uh, I had some violins laying around that I found up in my closet when I was cleaning out, and I said. Uh, Hey, paint one of these like that. He's like, hell yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I just, I'm, That's I'm still, I still need to put it together, but yeah, I, I don't know if I'm going to use it for like a raffle or sell it or whatever, but, um, it came out really cool. Yeah. Really cool. Perfect. Is there a favorite guitar that you, so, that you own that is your favorite to play on stage with or record with? <clears throat> Yeah, well, I play on stage uh, with uh, a Gibson ES-137 semi-hollow body that I've had uh, for a long time. 
um, and to record boy. with, I use, yeah, yeah. To record with, I use, uh, I have this Epiphone Les Paul standard that I got from somebody that I've, uh, I just really come up. Uh, it's the one that I grab yeah. uh, it, live. It, it doesn't give me the same tone when I have my Marshall turned up, but in the studio, it's everything and, and vice versa. My live guitar actually sucks in the studio <laughs> it, it's it's, it's yeah. yeah i've tried to record with it and i'm just like no <laughs> hey well let, I, I i was curious about i love your axes man i love when we do the harbor city all-stars and uh um your guitars rock man and it, it, it's a part of your uh, um the package you know, it, you with the guitar, man, and, and the stance and everything. It, it makes me want to come to, to a question real quick. Um, is there mm -hmm. a single guitar player that you look up to? Because you mentioned your three favorite guitar players, but none of those three actually sing. So, right, right. That's, is that's there a single guitar player? I, I've, that I've, I've, I, that's funny because I've mainly idolized singers. <laughs> like uh, at, at uh, practice, we were talking, you and Ralph were talking about um, the Dio documentary, right? Yeah, and growing up, growing up, I was a huge Dio fan, and uh, I, for a short time, I played in a band in Kingsville called Risen, and I love that they played "Don't Talk to Strangers." I oh, was just like, yes, I would join just because of that. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard of another band that ever does that one. That's an awesome <laughs> song, one of my favorites. Well, I'm, I, I didn't say we did it well. I said we did it, but uh, <laughs> but uh, hell yeah, uh, uh, you know there was Jason McMaster, Ronnie James Dio, uh, Joe Elliott. I loved all lead singers. But to answer your question, um, it it has to be uh, Mike Ness of Social Distortion, killer, and um, and probably Bruce Spring uh, Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, man. I you know, I, I he, see he he. he he evokes so much emotion yeah. with his vocals mm -hmm. and his guitar playing that I, I don't know. It's more like you're uh, watching the words coming out. And same thing with Mike Ness. I just love, love watching him live. Yeah, man. I, I see, um, I see a lot of, of, of you. Oh, excuse me. Let me take that back the other way. I see a lot of them in your performance. Yeah. All the great, all the greatness you know what I mean? And I, I don't blame him. Mike Ness, he's he's the man, man. Mommy's little monster. I remember growing up, uh, coming across uh, another state of mind, and I don't mm -hmm. know if it it was on USA Network or something like that, or maybe it was Chris Garcia, um, also a guitar tech <laughs> from 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 a uh, uh, guitar center, but also from Sweet Daddy, uh -huh. um, being at his place and and coming across that and listening to that and just being blown away, man. Just blown away. It was life changing. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Let me, get to, let me go to the next part of of our interview today, and I like to always go to the segment that I that I call "Draw the Line," and I'm going to find out by uh, giving you a couple of subjects and find out uh, they're going to be artists, they're going to be bands, and I want to find out what your favorites are. All right. Okay. So okay. let's take it from the first. You were just talking about Mike Ness and uh, and. His band, Social Distortion, is one of those bands that has stood the test of time, that's been a grinder, that is probably uh, very underrated, and and it just has a huge underground scene. They're one of those bands like Tool, that when they come to town, they're selling out. 
it just it, it happens because they mm -hmm. just have those diehard fans that that aren't going to miss it and their music just kind of transcends through the generations and i think one of the bands that has really picked up from what social distortion does and kind of uh made it their own and kind of metalized that that whole kind of uh uh, style of music that that they're so good at doing is Volbeat. So out of those mm -hmm. two bands, I, I I have a pretty good idea where you're going to go with it. But at the same time, I still <laughs> got to ask you, who's your favorite out of those two bands, Volbeat or Social Distortion? Uh, those two front men are are, are beast. And uh, but I think I think Mike Ness was the one that kind of showed uh, set the groundwork <clears throat> for Volbeat's kind of kind of being the man to do to do it the way they do. Today. Right, right. Well, I remember when I first heard Volbeat. Um, actually, it was a cover of "Bad Luck" from Social Distortion. <laughs> it was the first wow. Volbeat song that I heard. That yeah, kicks and, ass. Uh, of yeah. course, he does it. He does it in his style, right? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> but uh, I, 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 I'm going to say Social Distortion, but uh, and I'm not taking anything away from Volbeat. They have an energy. Um, that I really like listening to, you know, it's yeah. not the same energy, it, you know, it's, um, but yeah, social distortion has just given me way too much for me to discount. Them. <laughs> yeah, I dig it. I definitely dig it. And, but I, you know, I, I like the fact that, that, that Volbeat has, um, they stood the ground, man, because uh, that singer has got such a distinctive voice and the band around them, the way they've, they've kind of made this, this own genre of their own. And uh, it, it wasn't easy for me to start to get into them. I think the first song was um, um, Warrior. Or, it had that maybe in the title, but it, it, was, it, it had that part, Let's Get Ready to Rumble. And that song, mm. it just had that, that metal feel that kind of, it was, it was um, easy to get into. <clears throat> but the vocals were something yeah. that I needed to grow into. But now every freaking yeah. song that comes out, I'm like, yeah, it's a new one. Yeah, I love it. Uh, the band is just um, incredible, dude, and I, 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 I I'm yeah. ashamed that I didn't appreciate it any anytime sooner because it's so much fun to listen to them. And me being a singer, I kind of like to uh, try and pick up a little bit of everybody I like to listen to on the radio. But trying to copy him is is a bitch. Is a bitch, but it just kind of just yeah. goes to show how great he is <laughs> of a singer and how he just right. does his thing. Awesome, awesome. Well, let's move on to the next one. Yeah, these guys are yeah. awesome, and and you know we have our uh, our United States homeboys, and you also got the UK's homeboys. Who do you favor out of our very own Ramones or the UK's The Clash? The Ramones. The Ramones. All right, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah. Hey, yeah, I, you know it's 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 funny. It's funny. I I. Uh, I recently, and I say recently, like maybe the last 10 years, really started lis listening to The Clash. Like uh, when I was going to college and we were the love handles, I had heard cover bands do The Clash. Uh, of course, Rock the Casbah was on MTV. You yeah. Know, um, I just, uh, I think I was too young to knew what they were trying to do to get it, to okay. like them at the time uh now i listen to it and it's kind of like what you said a little bit ago it's just like man i wish i would have got into them a little bit more and i could have been appreciating them as they grew instead of when they were gone 
but yeah. no, the Ramones was the Ramones was the first band that I think I fell in love with. I mean, I, I mean, when when I say that, I mean, uh, I took the sleeve out of the record. I read every fucking word. Back, <laughs> every, I mean, as you're listening to it, you know, I, I don't know yeah. if you did this as a kid. But I did. That's yes. what that you didn't watch TV. You you didn't have a cell phone. You read the record. You knew the producer. The special you knew thanks. The, everybody. All of that. Know. That's right. It didn't matter. Everything. And, and he did it every time. Every time. <laughs> that's right. That was, you know, and, and that kind of, that's why I love vinyls. That's why I collect vinyls nowadays. Because I love having, being able to relive that all over again. Because, it, yeah, it's super awesome that we can have everything, all the, every phone that, excuse me, every song that we created on our phone. But to have yeah. that that tangible right there in your hand where it's like, yeah, you, pictures of the band, you know, of, of their previous tour, uh, special thanks of the bands that they worked with, the producers. And it's like, oh, it's still working with the same producer, the same engineer. And you start seeing all yeah. these same same guys working with the same bands. And uh, you just feel like uh, that band becomes you, you yours, man. Yeah. You know everything and, about them. And, Right. And funny, funny story uh, is uh, about the Ramones. Rocket to Russia was the uh, one one of the ones that I got at Rock and Roll High School from my stepdad is, uh, (laughs) you know, at the time, too, I was a fan of Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi was probably is is probably my number one favorite band. You know, that's what I listened to. That's how I kind of grew my hair out and wanted to be when I was you know, <laughs> wanting to be something. But yeah. uh, finding out, finding out, reading the, that um, Tony Bon Jovi, who was bon, John Bon Jovi's uncle, was the producer and owned the studio where the Ramones recorded Rocket to wow. Russia, just kind of made me feel like I was doing things right. Hey, you know, I'm, this is, right. I'm, the, I'm going in the right path. <laughs> Exactly. I'm in the same circle as you said. <laughs> but uh yeah, very yeah. very cool. I those know what the, you mean. Those are the things those are the things you found out reading the back of a record sleeve, you know, is how you could connect the dots and you'd go tell your friends, "Hey, did you know, you know, so and so played on this album?" And it was like breaking news, you know. It wasn't yeah. on the internet. It was right, exactly. And we found out who was doing, you know, uh, um like um, the first thing I'm thinking of is like Beastie Boys license deal found out that Kerry King was doing the solo on that find out, you know, like on Thriller uh, or should I say bad that Eddie Van Halen did the solo on the song bad. You know what I mean? When you yeah. hear it. Yeah. Well, a lot of us yeah. kind of hear he that. Was, Eddie, Van, Eddie Van Halen was beat it. I think. Oh, so my bad. Okay. Steve Stevens. Steve Stevens was bad. I think. Oh, all right. All right. Steve Stevens. No yeah, shit. Yeah. Wow. Oh, man, badass. yeah, or he was dirty Diana, he was dirty Diana for sure, but yeah, oh, that's what you that, have to. Those were, yeah, because the videos never showed you, you know, who really played on there. You know, it's just <laughs> like, uh, I think, uh, I think Stevie Ray Vaughan, Stevie Ray Vaughan did a, a solo on a David Bowie song, yes. and that's how that's he became, right, yeah, so. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to think of maybe Modern Love, maybe, maybe Modern or Let's Dance. I think it was. I think Yes, yeah, I think. Right. Well, I no, I think Nile Rogers did "Let's Dance." I think it oh, was Nile China Rogers. Girl. That's an oh China yeah. Girl. Okay, I don't know. Love Nile Rogers. Yeah. Was, yeah. Wow. Oh yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, good point. Good point right there. Okay, let's hit the. Let's hit another pair, guys. Couple of legends okay. right here. Who do you prefer out of the Misfits and the Dead Kennedys? 
Okay. <laughs> Here's another story. <laughs> All right. Uh, so the dead Kennedys, uh, I got into them, um, through a friend of mine and it, it, a quick story. We had, we, we found a, a wallet at the bowling alley in Kingsville. And so we took the wallet to the lost and found, but kept the cash, you know, we were, I yeah. think we were pretty young. <laughs> we were probably about 11 or 12. And, um, I went and bought the Violent Femmes album with uh, Blister of the Sun and Blister okay. uh, from the Sun, and he yeah. bought the Dead Kennedys album. Um, I can't think of the name of it right now, but it was in God We Trust. Okay, yeah, was it? okay. So That's one of uh, that was the first time, and probably right, right. And uh, so that was when I first heard the Dead Kennedys, and I and I liked it. Yeah. I, I, uh, now with the misfits i never got into the misfits and uh All right. a lot of my friends a lot of the and and i'm not saying i didn't get into them like i heard them and didn't like them but it, it's funny how when you're young you do stupid shit and this is one of them <laughs> a lot of the people that i didn't that i didn't like growing up loved the misfits so i hated them <laughs> and one day, yeah, I know it's stupid. But one day, <laughs> I get I get called uh, that they're doing a tour for the Memphis Three. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that documentary. Oh, yeah, I have. But, I know about it. Yes. Okay, so they ask me if, if the Really Rottens want to open up for Michael Graves at Zeros, Killer. and I'm like, well, from a business standpoint, I want to be on that bill because my name will be everywhere. And I knew the Misfits were big. Yeah. And uh I did like dig up her bones. Uh but uh <laughs> so I get there, I do the show, and Michael Graves goes on and they're playing everything from the misfits, you know? And All right. I kicked myself in the ass every day since then, going like this is what I was not listening to. <laughs> I fell in love with every song. I was yeah. like this this epitomizes everything that I'm doing. And I right. spent all yeah. those years just judging them because of the people who wore their shirts or listened to them. <laughs> so my bad, my bad. <laughs> uh, so to answer your, to answer your question, the misfits, the misfits. All right. All right. Cool. Hey, I know what, I know, I know exactly what you're talking about, man. Cause sometimes, you know, if if there's somebody that I that I'm not a, a big fan of, but you know they're diehard fans of some other some band that I'm really just hadn't really never caught on to, you know, uh, then I'm I'm just like nah, I could care less because I I I'm not a big fan of that person, so you know I feel the exact same way, and I was like you know what I'll forget about mm -hmm. him, but uh, the music is where, like I said, at this age right now I'm just grateful, grateful that now yeah. I can really appreciate yeah. all that stuff, and now. Um, there's nothing that I that I yeah. that I don't want to listen to. I want to I want to get everything in because I want to feel everything that 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 uh, that good music brings to you. And it doesn't have to be metal. Right. It doesn't I, have to be American. It just has to make you feel good. And there's so much out yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, yeah. I'm a big fan of uh, of Swedish rock and yeah. like the Hanoi Rocks, Michael Monroe. Um, so, so what is a uh, diet crash diet i mean those guys are yeah. super talented there's a lot of punk rock bands too from sweden finland uh millen colin i mean these guys have really uh, sometimes like with uh michael monroe from hanoi rocks i love all his 
I cannot believe that he tra- he writes these songs and English is like his third language, but he says <laughs> the most rock and roll things in his songs. It's amazing. I'm like, man, I'm American and I can't even put English words together like <laughs> the way he lays it down like that. Damn, that's badass. That's badass. Yeah, yeah. Oh shit. Well, yeah. Let's fan. move on to my next one, man. This next one, I'd seen that you had a post. Uh, where uh, you made it to the Struts, playing over at the House of Rock. So I want to mention the Struts right here, and I want to put them against another band that 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 I really dig a lot too. And tell me who you prefer. Do you prefer the Struts okay. or the Black Keys? One hundred and ten percent the Struts. <laughs> All would, right. Okay. I, I would I would have to say that the str- I listen to to the Struts even now uh when i work out yeah i mean um they they really captured the later albums they got overly produced i have to say i'm i'm i'll listen to them but that first album it it reminded me of discovering rock and roll again dad kicks Uh, ass they wow man that whole album that whole album so um yeah, I, I went to go see them, and I acted like a little fanboy in the front row. I sang every cool. song. I was uh, I was amongst like all these little girls and stuff. My <laughs> daughter was there, and I was yeah. like, I, I don't care, I don't care. I you know that's I, my I band. When I'll ever get to see these guys, yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. That's too cool, man. And and you know, I feel like I when I go to concerts right now, and because I'm I'm, I'm now I'm the older guy. I'm the old guy at the show. And, you know, um, I, I feel that same way. It's like, hey, this band was mine before you were even born. So, <laughs> but, <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, hey, I'm just glad that everybody's here enjoying. And that's what makes concerts so, uh, so enjoyable. And uh, right, what we do right. as us being artists, and when it comes down to us going to uh, concerts where we're able to enjoy, you know, our, our idols and, and, and our mentors up there that, that we look up to um, just makes that whole package, man. And all I've ever wanted to be is, 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 is a rock star. You know what I mean? And, and I hear that yeah. in your lyrics too, man. <laughs> and uh, we've, we've been, we've been grinding in this for, for a long time. And we know that like for all these guys that we look up to the Tom Petty's um, that, that are badass, uh, rock and roll you know bruce springs things that hey this this shit didn't happen overnight sometimes these guys made it big in their 30s it didn't happen when they were in their teens and shit like that you know certainly yeah. that happens to yeah. you know to some of the prodigy uh the prodigy sons but a lot of them you know are like us they've been grinding they had day jobs they've been doing what they got to support their families and then for some reason or another the rock gods give them a break and put put them in the right scenario, or maybe the right person's there to see him, and then one thing leads to another. Mm-hmm. You know, just like Eddie 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 yeah. Money used to be a cop, you know, and the next thing you know, it's he's yeah. Eddie Money, you know, and it blows me away something like that. And and I love shows like uh, uh, The Voice, uh, American Idol. They kind of brought all these uh, all the young talent and gave them some exposure and and gave them an opportunity to uh, to be rock stars. And uh, yeah, you know, I tr- yeah, I tried out for the voice too, and but uh, it was that must have been about eight years ago, but uh, it was a hell of an experience. Oh, really? 
it was a hell of an experience. And, and I thought, you know, I, I picked out three songs and I and I and I played them for my my wife and my daughter and my son that night. And it was a Radar Love from Golden Earring. It was Turn the Page from Bob Seger. And it was um, from the Foo Fighters. Uh, I want to say it was, let's just say Monkey Wrench. But the the family, after I sang all three of them for the family, the day before I had to do the rehearsal, they said, you know what? You should do the Golden Earring, the Radar Love. And I felt like I did the Foo Fighters a better, I did a better version because me, I'm just a better rock vocalist. And I just felt like that would have been my strong point. But I listened to them and I did Radar Love. I did good, but in those uh, auditions, were, you're in groups of eight. And within mm. an audition, there was a pair of girls that sang like angels. And they were the two that moved on to the next round. And uh, I, mm. you know, shoot, the other, the other uh, uh, me and the other six uh, contestants that were in there, we all felt like we did good. But we all knew that those two were the best in the bunch. So, uh, you know, yeah. you know, the best always yeah. rise to the top. But, you know, uh, you, you got to throw your name in the hat and take those kind of chances. So I, I really liked it that, you know, I gave the voice a chance and, it was, and it, it was fun. And I would like to do it again. I still get the emails all the time. Voice casting, you know, come up here to Houston and do it. Oh, crazy. And, and I still get, you know, interested in doing it. Like, oh, you want to do it again this year? But, man, I'm, you know, I, I've, I've kind of, you know, it's like I've been there, been there, done that. It was fun. They're just better singers out there for that are out there for these kind of competitions. And and uh, I'm going to kind of just stay in my lane and keep doing what I'm doing and, and, and making the best out of, out of that as I can. So let's get back. I got one more, yeah, one well, more hats, question hats, for you. Hats, well, hats off to you for trying, by the way. Hey, right. You know what I mean? I just I got I can say I got a story, you know, and I can we can go that's more right. into that another time. But that's um, that's for another interview. Now, let's finish strong here. Now the last one I want to okay. show I want to I want to ask you about is about two badass guitar players that are that sing and play, and we talked about one of them already, but I got to bring him up again. Who do you favor more out of Brian Setzer or Mike Ness? Now those are two you know Brian Setzer's man. He's the man. He's got his own orchestra, and you know, wow, dude, he's. Yeah, the dance, you know, he's got the moves on stage. Holy shit. Yeah. And, and you know, I know how well, you feel about Mike, but what do you think about now that, yeah. I, now that I matched him up against against a straight cat legend right there? Well, as far as uh, before there was a uh, Mike Ness in my life, before there was really even, uh, man, like a, Sammy Hagar, I used to listen to a lot. Uh, yeah, Sammy. Leopard, like uh, Pyromania. Love One of it. the first cassettes that I ever bought was Built for Speed uh, <laughs> from the Stray Cats. Yeah. And uh, I remember I was in a, my, my bedroom in an apartment in Kingsville, Texas, and I would listen to Built for Speed nonstop. It was just, it's different. It's kind of still is different than anything else that's being played, right? Yeah. Um, I would have to say I, I do love social distortion and I think he's uh, helped me create my persona now, but I would have to say in that sense, Brian Setzer and the straight cats probably win this one because uh, they, they were at there at the very beginning, right? Yeah. When I was watching my uncle and, and listening to my stepdad teach me guitar, the straight cats were probably the first stone of it all. 
I dig it. And they before got so I, much before I had friends that before I had friends that shared their music with me. You know, I had an older friend in an apartment complex and he would bring his dirty deeds and for those about to rock and Frampton <laughs> comes alive. I mean, and all I had was like uh my uh built for speed and uh <laughs> stray cats and cash cash goo goo cassette. Like I was like, okay. oh, I gotta I gotta move up. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah when i think about the straight cats it reminds me of of the 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 birth of of, of mtv and uh and and how they were the only cats doing it like that and they had the style the, the the dress uh it, yeah they no one did it better than the straight cats and they were no and, very and iconic and speaking yeah, and speaking from a guitar playing uh, aspect too, as far as Brian Setzer, um, even back then, it, it has nothing to do with like he got better. Even then, if you were to break it down and look at the chords that he's playing yeah. and the solos that he's playing over those chords, uh, it's not like the pentatonic scale. It's not a major scale. It's not. It's beyond Van Halen, beyond Zach Wild. These are chord shapes and progressions that, um, you know, there's a some kind of a video where the a guy's playing leads and his fingers are all wrapped up. That's if you were to watch what he's doing, that's how <laughs> I would be if I tried to play it. It's just amazing, amazing guitar player. And there's only one other guitar player that I know that plays like him in a rock band sense is uh, the guitar player from a band called The Living End. He's he's plays in that style yeah. and he's amazing too. Yeah. They're wow. Really so yes, I need uh, to look the straight cats have to win that one. Hey, all right. You know, I I gotta mention one more thing. I'd seen Brian Setzer's orchestra and they did a DVD. Uh, it might have been a Christmas special, but they filmed it in Japan. Yeah. And I don't know if you've seen mm -hmm. it like on Access TV, but man, that's a hell of a show. And Japan crowds know how to rock, dude. They go crazy oh, yeah. for American rock. I don't know if they're they're fluent in 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 the voice, but I kind of just I putting my myself in their shoes. It's like me listening to Rammstein. I love it. I don't know what mm. he's saying, but I'm gonna try and mimic every word he says, and maybe I just might learn a little German along the way. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> I have it. a I. I'm sorry. I have a. Um... A dangerous Toys video that they did in Japan. Oh, and, shit. Uh, it, yeah, it's... Uh, I don't know if they released it or if Jason just gave it to me, but they went to Japan, and uh, it's pretty crazy, like... Um, I could imagine. They're, moving, they're rocking, they're moving, you know? Yeah. And then in between songs, like, he's doing his spiel, you know, like, how the hell are y'all? And it's silence you know <laughs> good point good point man yeah like what did you say but they, they, they do right? yeah they do know how to rock they do know Dude, how to rock for sure big time yeah so brian sets are over mike ness i didn't see that coming i didn't see it coming but i definitely yeah. know why because you know a lot of the times whenever i ask these questions on on draw the line a lot of the answers always refer back to what you grew up listening to and how it came along, or maybe who the first one was that you came in contact with. Um, say, for instance, I asked, um, who did I have? I had David here last last week, and we were talking about um, Black Sabbath, whether it's Ozzy or whether it's Dio, which one do you prefer as the singer for Black Sabbath? 
And for him, it was like, you know what? When I got into Sabbath, Dio was a singer. So I didn't know anything about Ozzy being the singer until later on. After, at that time, he was just enjoying Diary of a Madman, Blizzard of Oz. And then after right. digging down the rabbit hole of, of Ronnie James Dio being with Sabbath, it's like, oh, this guy's sang with, with Sabbath too. And I feel like the, you know, I, I love bringing up these questions because our childhood has really affected so much about all of our favorite things about our musicians as we've grown up. And because they've, they've, they've touched us in that certain way, they're still such yeah. a big part of yeah. us. And we don't forget that. I mean, you know, it's oh, like yeah. Gene Simmons with me. It's like, yeah, yeah, I'm a fanboy when it comes to Gene. And he's like at the top of my bucket list for doing a podcast. If I got to get Gene Simmons yeah. on, you know, talk to him, you know, I think I I can die very contentful. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's Gene Simmons. It's, it's Phil Anselmo. It's uh, when it comes to drummers, Frankie Benali for, for Quiet Riot. Oh, yeah. Um, guys that have just really just made me, you know, want to be a better drummer, a better singer, a better rocker. Um, it's just. Yeah, uh, for sure. Our childhood, man, our childhood. And it, it's a, it's a precious thing that, that we've, uh, we've uh, really held on to. And when it comes to music, um, it's eternal. It really is eternal. And, and uh, yeah. the older we get, I, the, the richer I, I we feel, become. Right. I feel very grateful um, that I was born in the 70s and got yeah. to experience that music. The 80s was great. You know, yeah. the 90s, the 2000s. Like, I think as far as technology and music, we have been alive in the greatest. I mean, it'll never be yeah. that great again. It right. will never be that great again. There'll never be another Van Halen. Yeah, I mean, that's right. We got to witness it from the birth till the end. <laughs> yes. You know, right? That's, that's great in itself. <laughs> yeah, that's that's magical, man. It's, it's uh, when it comes to music, um, it saved my life, and uh, just like your just like your hit, man. Yeah, it saved your soul. It saved your soul and it's made yeah. you a, it's made your soul complete and, 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 and happy and happy. And, and that's, yeah. that's the beauty of music, man. And I just, I, I want us to keep sharing that. And, uh, you know, I know oh, with yeah. us doing the Harbor city all-stars, we've, we come up with some great ideas. Uh, last time we got together, um, a couple of those was doing like a Christmas in July, doing a, a, a gig in, mm. in Kingsville, spreading the love over there in yeah. Kingsville, your hometown. And, yeah. uh, Kingsville and, and or, or Alice, yeah. Yeah. And finally, it, it, it was it Alice? Correct me yeah, if I'm wrong. It, it was Alice then. Okay, Alice. there we go. All right. Yeah. That's the, that's the, especially the city we're talking about. And, uh, you know, find another charity that we can help out. But another thing was also uh, because us already kind of being in our third year, we kind of got that, uh, we, we got a freshman year, a sophomore year, we, you know, we got a junior, and now we're coming up to our senior year. We're talking about recording now. So uh, exciting things going on, you know, in our collaboration with the Harbor City All-Stars. And uh, while I'm on the point, just want to thank everybody in the community for coming out to our event, you know, uh, December 23rd yes. over at the House of Rock. And all of our sponsors, uh, Casey and everybody at the House of Rock, uh, Daniel Dama Productions. And, and, and by the way, we sh he's still working on the video. He says it's coming out great. He's Daniel is also uh, the photographer for El Nino, so they're a very active band, getting mm -hmm. going all over the place. So, and he's also holding down a full time day job too. So, 
as soon as I get that video, oh, I'm going to share it with all you guys. I'm so excited about oh, that'd be being great. able to have that kind of a, of a, a souvenir of, of, of our performance. So the first first two years, it's uh, there's so many details to putting the show together and to get it done right that, uh, man, it's it's so much to it's very overwhelming for me. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad, yeah. you know, with this being our fourth year, we're going to be growing. Uh, but with our sponsors support, we made this year just um, freaking amazing. And we're just a hair short of hitting that 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 goal that we had a thousand bucks. But, you know, we were so blessed to be able to do it at Rich's the past uh, couple of years. And uh, shout out to Rich Nunez and everybody at Theo's. And, and thanks for giving us a home for our first two uh, events. And, you know, the first couple, of, we, we raised over 300 each time. And I think we raised uh, over 300 pounds in food. This time we tripled that in cash donations. And for every $1 you get to the to the, the food bank, they get four meals out of that. So we threw them $900. So that just created 3,600 meals. So that really, that really goes a long way. And then we had a lot of food to yeah. donate with that too. So uh, best production of the year for, hey, hey. for us. Don't don't forget that it was 26 degrees when we played. Exactly. When we did it, it was 26 <laughs> degrees outside, and we had a hell of a turnout. Everybody showed up to do the show, hey, and what a success. Big ups to, uh, to Corpus on. Christi for showing up. Yeah, yeah. everybody big showed time, up. Man. They were troopers, man. Yes, troopers. So thanks a lot to everybody that's always been supporting uh, the Harbor City All-Stars. I, I still got to give a shout-out to Sal Hernandez and uh, – and uh and, and jacob grimm from uh, south texas media for being there for us as well and harbor city inc uh, rob chop over there for helping us out with the t-shirts but mm. i want people to know how they can get in touch with you jimmy and so where are you at on social media how can how can they find you i'm on facebook and uh instagram right now um just Jimmy Rotten Smithwick on Facebook and Jimmy Smithwick the second uh, on uh, Instagram. And say I'm a guitar player that needs to have needs to have something done on my guitar. It's broken, or I needed some. Uh, I needed to get a uh, what do they call it? Kind of like a tune up. How do I get in touch yeah, with you yeah, with, so, with Smithwick's uh, well, guitar you, you repairs? Can, yeah, you can go to Smithwick's guitar repair. It's a it's a page off of my Facebook. Uh, all right. You know, I create I've created all that stuff to be separate, but it, it all just kind of comes in at the same time. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> my phone number's on there, my email's on there. I all I always have my phone with me, you know. So, Killer. Yeah. Good, good. Well, guys, keep Jimmy busy. You know, and when it comes to guitars, nobody knows guitars better than Jimmy here in town. He's gonna take good care of your equipment and you can catch up and, and shoot some and shoot shop with him as well when you're out there with him. Um so I see you running down some bass, uh, doing some bass tracks. Pretty good chance of us getting some music, maybe within the next um, mid year, two thousand twenty three, maybe. From, oh yeah, from oh you. yeah, yeah. I'm actually, uh, I've I've tightened up two or three songs. Uh, my drummer's actually uh, coming down uh, to lay some stuff. But as far as something new, I, I want to release something like within the next two weeks. It's just one of those things. It's a little yeah. bit different than the stuff I've done before. And um, the one thing is uh, I, I don't want to put something out without having everything in place. Uh, I've all, I'm old school. 
I'm the ki- I'm the kind of guy who wants to have the t-shirts ready and I want to have the stickers ready and you know Great. I know it's a different time but um you know I just don't want to just put out music and then wait for clicks you know wait for likes I I want to uh I want to have a picture of the band and I want to you know, put it all out. Yeah. Package kind of deal. Old school style. (laughs) Hey, that's the way to do it. Right. You know what I mean? You gotta, you gotta, you gotta put the legwork in. You gotta, you gotta get the, the pictures, get all the background, get it done. Right. You've, you've been at this thing, right. And that's, that's how, you know, that's going to be the most successful for you and get the best return and and, and keep you happy with, with what you're doing. Good. Excellent. I, I, um, yeah, I want to say one thing, if I can, is uh, going back to the music, the musicians. Um, I really anybody watching this one and and hears this, I want everybody to to really remember that this is their scene too. I mean, in in our in our scene days, we had people like um, Richard Guerrero who was documenting the scene. Uh, yes. you know, people like you and right. me, keep flyers and Alex Dominguez, all those, uh, archiving everything. And yeah. I feel like, um, you know, it's like we did so much with so little. And nowadays we have a camera and a video camera on our phone. And, and everyone's got one a song on our phone. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, just like re- be remembered to, to just remember to archive everything to make it to make this scene a whole again you know it, it'd be nice for there to be more venues yeah. and more people coming together uh there's a lot of cool uh new bands that have come up in the last year like a uh, left-handed knives and the new ends yeah um, they're not real new but they, they are making static you know yes and they've invited us on some stuff and we've invited them and and that's the way it works. I mean, right. you're in a band, I'm in a band, and here we are on on the podcast. I mean, we got to look out for each other. We got to help each other grow. You know, absolutely. You know, there's always going to be this, uh, a, a sense of friendly competition, but in the long run, we're in the same game together. We're bands that need venues to play to. We're bands that need crowds to perform to. Uh, just like uh, Casey put it, he's a venue that needs bands to play, and we're bands that need venues to go play at. So we help each other right. out. There's, there's, there's always uh, moves to be made. And, uh, but we've got to go out there and put the work in. And, and when it yeah. comes to like, uh, you know, bands getting the opening spot for their favorite band that's coming into the house of rock. And if uh, I encourage that band or any bands that want to be opening up for these, for these badass bands that come to town and, and are playing at either house of rock or, or black monk tavern or boozers or any other place in town. If you want to get that gig, you better reach out to that promoter. You better contact that band. You got to ask for somebody and let them know that you give a shit and you want to be that opening band. Don't expect somebody to call you. Yeah. They're not going to knock down your yeah. door. I, Go yeah, down there and make I mean, it happen. If you think of, make some noise. Yeah. If you, if you think about it in, in my career here in Corpus Christi, I've opened up for some really kick-ass bands and none of them were punk bands. I mean, 99% of them were not <laughs> punk bands. I mean, we're talking about like Everclear, Better Than Ezra, yeah. Lita Ford, you know, kick-ass. just like the, but it was because yeah. I was, I, I tried to be professional. And it didn't matter what kind of music I played. It was that I brought an A-game show and yeah. my staff acted professional. That's what it takes. That's what it takes. Exactly. Words of wisdom. Yeah. 
Thank you so much, Jimmy. Uh, that's going to wrap up our show for today, man. You've, it was fantastic uh, getting you on on the podcast. I'm glad we finally did it. There's more to be, yeah. to be uh, discussed uh, between me and you as far as uh, what we're going to be doing later with the Harbor City All-Stars. But also, I'll be mm -hmm. seeing you soon next month at the Music Symposium. All right. So everybody out there, please uh, go to the Music Symposium link. Uh, look it up at thehouseofrock.com. TexasHouseOfRock.com, that is, mm -hmm. and get yourself registered to get a free ticket mm -hmm. to get in there and uh, come say hi to me and, and Jimmy when you're at the show, all right? And uh, Jimmy, want to say bye to everybody? Awesome. Yeah. See you guys later. Support your local scene. All right, man. Thanks a lot, Jimmy. Love you, brother. And guys, I'll see you in the next show. Take care. Thank Thanks for man. listening to the show today. This concludes my interview with Jimmy Smithwick of The Really Roddens and Dead Man's Hand. But before we go, here's another track from Jimmy. This one has Jimmy on bass with his band Dead Man's Hand. Check out this one. Here's their song titled Hurt Me, Hurt You. Just because you think I'm naughty doesn't mean I have no heart. Shit, that's because of the things you did. 
Hell yeah. Thank you, Jimmy, for all these great tracks. Check out Jimmy Smithwick's Guitar Repair Shop on Facebook and let him fix up your guitars and get you ready to shred. And catch Jimmy at the House of Rock during this year's Coastal Bend Music Industry Symposium that's going to be happening on Thursday, February 16th. You can get yourself registered by going to either my Tony Gomez Facebook page or Jimmy Smithwick's Facebook page and scroll down the feed and you can sign up and get your free tickets to join us there at the Music Industry Symposium on February 16th at the House of Rock. There's a lot of information that's going to be important to you local musicians to find out how to take your product to the next level and be able to capitalize on all your hard work. So thanks a lot for listening today. Leave any questions or comments that you got at the Tony Gomez Show on Facebook or email me at TonyGomezShow at gmail.com. Remember, you're the master of your own destiny and creator of your own future. Keep kicking ass out there, and I'll see you at the show.